Primary Care Knowledge-based Greater Manchester NHS England Fellowships, a great opportunity for new GPs. Welcome to Primary Care Knowledge Boost with me, Dr. Sarah McDermott. And me, Dr. Lisa Adams. We've not introduced ourselves in a while. I know, yeah. I thought I'd just, uh, just in case people have forgotten. Um, and yeah, sorry, the title is a little bit biased. It is a really interesting episode with Dr. Mary Cheshire, who helped structure NHS England GP fellowship programmes that are available to newly qualified GPs, particularly in year one and at the moment year two of after CCTing. Um, yeah, we chat to her about kind of how it's going. They're now two years down the line, um, which is quite impressive. And they have 100, over 170 fellows on the programme. Um, so it's obviously doing really well. And it's fantastic to hear from her about what the actual offer is, who can apply and um, why people should apply, really. Um, and I have to say, if I was back there, I'd be applying tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So we hope you really enjoy it. And at the end, we'll share our learning points. Hello, um, I'm Dr Mary Cheshire. I'm a GP in Rochdale and I'm also the GP lead on the NHSE Fellowship. Yes, which is perfect because we are getting together today to hear a bit of an update about the GP Fellowship Programme and how it's going in Greater Manchester. Um, so can you explain a bit about what it is just for context for those who might not know what the GP Fellowship Programme is? Okay, so the GP Fellowship is run by NHSE. There's a couple of different types of fellowship, but this is the one run by NHSE. And it is a two-year programme that GPs sign up for and they get a weekly paid session of CPD activities and other sort of activities. And that money all comes from NHS England? Yes. Fab. Um, and why did it kind of come into being? Why, why does it exist? So it, I see it as a sort of programme of support that carries on after GP qualify. Um, so it's a little bit of... You, you finish your training. I'm a newly qualified GP myself. Well, I was when I started the programme, a newly qualified GP myself. When you finish your training, you're kind of less out there to get on with it. You, you've had, you go from the safety of your ST3 years. And I, I sort of see it as a bit of an, an extension of that support. Yeah. Which would be so lovely. Definitely needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is lovely. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned that it's um, it involves a session a week that's sort of CPD time. Um, what does that look like in real life? So what does the fellowship involve? Right. So when you you qualify as a GP and you go out into the real world and you find your job uh-huh. and you are gonna, you sort it all out, you sort all your your sessions out and you pay and everything. And once that's sorted, you can contact us and bolt on an extra session of these CPD activities. Mm-hmm. So so that's how you do it. And then what we do, do you want me to go into all the detail of what we do? Because yeah. there's yeah. a lot there. Yeah. Yeah, please. So what we do is we provide you with um, a smorgasbord of activities. So we put on, <laughs> we put on a whole year planned of different activities that you can sign up to. So very little on the fellowship is compulsory. We don't have every fellow on a Wednesday afternoon to come to a teaching session because the 
the you know NHS would collapse. So what we have is we just put on loads of different activities, really flexible. We put on fellowship masterclasses, face-to-face, virtual. You can listen to podcasts. You can do all these different sort of activities and you do them in your session a week. So your four hours and 10 minutes. And you might do a little bit listening to a podcast on the way to work. You might go to a first five activity because we encourage you to join the first five as part of your fellowship in the evening, maybe. Um, you might do a day masterclass. So you work that out over the course of um, the fellowship. So doing roughly four hours, 10 minutes a week on fellowship activities that we put on for you, but you choose what lights your fire, what interests you, um, and you sign up for it in that way. And is there any um, kind of checking on the, the, the fellows to see if they've actually done it? <laughs> So this is a really big question. I think once you've finished your ST3, so like I'm a fellow as well and a newly qualified GP when I started. And a lot of my friends, what I was trying to say, oh, come on the fellowship. They were like, we're done. We we have finished with our, our teaching. We've, we've done our portfolios. We want a little break. And so what I've tried to do is make it as easy as possible. It's not a box ticking exercise and as flexible as possible, enjoyable as possible, and really sort of worthwhile activities. And what I have tried to do is remove any of the unnecessary paperwork. There's no big reflections, anything like that. Yeah. What we do, I mean, you said, who are you checking it? So when you become a qualified GP, you're suddenly in that room on your own, aren't you? And you could be doing anything. Yep. You know, you, you're, you're trusted to be getting on there. So in the same way, I trust my fellows to actively engage with the fellowship. And they do. You know, they do actively engage with it. Fellows do their four hours and 10 minutes. I, I see them all the time. They're active on the WhatsApp group. They come to the events. And what we do is we do an initial meeting at the beginning to tell them what's expected of them. And we have a six-month checklist, a 12-month checklist, and a 24-month checklist. And we we sort of check in with them at six months that they've gone through that checklist. And that checklist is just a Word document. If you want to add more, if you want to do reflections, that's fine, but you just tick the box. I've done this. I've been to that. You don't have to do everything. You're not going to do everything, but you've actively engaged. And we do that six months, 12 months and 24 months. So there's a lot of trust, but there's a lot of really good activities put on. And there's a lot of things that you have to do for your appraisal anyway. So a lot of people are checked in that way because they've done it for their appraisal. So we encourage people to put everything that they do onto their Clarity or their 14 Fish or whatever program they're using for their appraisal. And um, we don't check that. But so what when I was going to do my appraisal this year, it just wrote itself because I'd done all those things. Yeah. I'd done all those fellowship activities and I'd been paid for them because I did them in my fellowship time. Yeah. And you've got that peer support as well. So you've got groups of people doing it together. So the peer support is huge. The peer support is really important. So we've got a really active WhatsApp group. And when... Um, you know, when people were struggling with pension issues and stuff, they were putting it on there, answering each other's questions. When people have questions about the fellowship, they put it on there. And before I even get to answer them, somebody else has answered them. Someone's been in that position before. And our networking, <laughs> and our networking events, we, we have about every three months, we have an, an evening networking event and um, you'll meet up there and there'll be some education it's a great you know so we've had loads of different really good speakers quality improvement the art of brilliance and stuff like that but also you get together and you have some food and you can have a bit of a debrief and a bit of a chat so that all that peer support amazing and does everybody start at the same time whenever they start on the fellowship 
No, so it's roll on, roll off. So people can start at any time. You know, everyone, I was out of programme after having two kids. Everyone's starting at different times. That, that's fine. You've yeah. got to start within, it's two years at the moment of CCT. May go to one year. So if anybody's interested, get your applications in. But it's, for the moment, it's two years. And you've got to be in a salaried post as well. Okay. Okay. So if you're a partner, you can't be. Oh no, sorry. Sal- yeah, salaried or partner, but at the moment it's for for those people. Um, and so, so not locum. It's not open to locums at the moment. No, it's open to people. But you could do. You could be doing a bit of salaried and a bit of locum, and that would be fine. You only need to be doing your one salaried session a week because that's. It's the way it's paid as well. It's paid through the practice. So we we pay the practice. It doesn't cost the practice a penny. They 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 take off all their top costs and then they put the payment through to the GP. And we put everything. They don't have to do anything either. You know, the practice, but the practice facilitate the payment. So that's one of the reasons why we need people in a salaried post. You mentioned masterclasses. What are they? Right. Yeah. So we put on these all these different masterclasses. Um, it's all non-clinical things, really. So what NHSE have envisaged is that by the time you CCT, you've done all your clinical things, but this is those extra things. So we don't put on clinical masterclasses, but we put on uh, ones on leadership, um, practice management, HR, interviewing skills. Um, the, the quality improvement one is great. The coaching, the mentoring, the difficult conversations, the, you know, so it's that kind of thing. And they're a mixture of face-to-face, half-day, full days, virtual. We generally don't record them because I like to get that feeling of a classroom where you can talk freely. Um, So, But we put them on over the two years on different days, different times, so hopefully you'll be able to sort of plan your schedule so you could attend. attend. Not all of them because nothing's mandated but what you you sort of fancy. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But from the clinical point of view, because we are clinicians, we can we allow you to use your first uh, your fellowship time to attend first five meetings. Mm-hmm. So at the training hub um, and NHSA, we've helped fund some of these first five groups to sort of get going. We work with with the first five leads to do Greater Manchester first five events. And these can be clinical. So that's a way of sort of doing a little bit of something clinical. So we, we we're aware that we're all interested in clinical things, and there's a nice there's a nice balance there. Amazing, yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. Um, and we know a little bit about the um the mentorship um side of it because we had a really lovely chat um an episode with Chris um back last year, end of last year. Um, but can you just give a brief overview for people who've not um listened to that episode about the mentorship side of it? Yeah. So as part of your fellowship, as part of your four hours, ten minutes a week, you have an hour a month with an experienced GP. So we have a team of experienced GPs who are paid to mentor uh, and they will meet up with you and just go through everything and anything. Um, I've had a mentor myself, just shout out to her. She was amazing. Uh, (laughs) Really. And you, you can just sort of it's so it was so useful at the beginning. It was just so useful at the beginning, particularly. And I know some of the other fellows have found it useful when they're going through different transitions, maybe moving practice or becoming a partner, stuff like that. So you meet up, you have an hour, and they're there to support you. A lot of people just check in with the mentors. And we've had people we've had comments like, I would have not still been working if it weren't for my mentorship. So that's really encouraging. 
Yeah, I can imagine because it is it's that same thing of um, like you said at the end of CCT or when you CCT and you're just kind of left and you don't have that supervisor role anymore yeah. either to kind of check in with. So it's quite nice to have a senior person around. Yeah, so it's not clinical supervision, but it's more just like how you do the day to day interactions with other members of staff. It is my time management's a huge thing that comes through with the mentorship. Um, and we have quite we have a few people who are struggling with time management and that the mentors are, are taking them through that. And that just leads on to one of the other classes that's as we find what people are struggling with, we've put on different classes. So we're doing time management classes now with Robert Varnum and developing, you know, other sort of classes that help with where we're seeing people struggling. Amazing. So it's adaptive as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's great. <laughs> it is great. If I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> so you can you can you get a mentor, but you can also train as a mentor as well, or you can be trained to do coaching yeah, as well. Is so that right? <laughs> one of the highlights for me personally as a fellow was the two-day coaching course that was run by Chris. So we encourage, like I said, nothing is mandatory. I try and just keep it. I don't want to put that pressure. You have to do this and it's only on a Tuesday and you've got to pick up your kids on a Tuesday. So it's not going to work, you know. Although we do put the classes, we do put a lot of thought into spreading the classes over different days. Um, but you know, you, there's nothing that you you have to do, but the coaching course, I would say, really try and go on it because it's great. Um, I went on that, and it um, it just it helped me with patience, and but also with my kids and my, and my own life. You know, sort so of it's, like it's, it's the whole the, the whole holistic type of thing because a lot of this is support around yeah. living as a GP. Um, as well as the job itself yeah amazing yeah so that was the coaching that he teaches and then there's also um he teaches the classes for our mentors so if any experienced gps that are five years post cct are listening to this we're always looking for experienced gps the original offer for the experienced gps was to do an ilm5 course and then you could be a mentor there wasn't the appetite for that. It, it was for some people was, but some people didn't want to do that, and it was putting them off. So we've we flexed the offer to allow. Um, I think Chris talked about it on his podcast to allow some very experienced GPs who've got you know those real life skills and, and real life experience to just do the two day coaching course with Chris and then become a mentor. So that's one of the mentoring opportunities. But there's other the mentoring is everywhere at the moment, and there's other mentoring opportunities in the fellowship. So. We also look to put on other little opportunities where as we can. So one of them is we've offered our fellows an extra session, just one extra session a month, if they want to do an ILM3 and then mentor ST3. So they do an ILM3 in mentoring and they get that qualification and then they can mentor ST3s before they come on to the fellowship. So in that, that's another time, isn't it, when you sort of You've done all your exams, but you've not got your job. And that's another bit of a, a weird Transition time, isn't time. it? So, yeah. Yeah. So we're growing the mentors and then <laughs> spewing them out at the other end into fully <laughs> qualified mentors. Paying it forward and paying it back. Yeah. And yeah. Um, at the ILM part of things, when Chris was talking about ILM before um i think it was just because it was quite an, an involved course um is that uh, is that what i'm taking from this that the ilm3 is a, an accredited course uh, ilm3 is a yeah it's an accredited course but um i think because the fellows are newly qualified gps they're more key they were more keen to get something on their cv a recognized qualification the experienced mentors that we were targeting were perhaps less keen because they were they had everything on their cv that they yeah 
Brilliant. So that's that's the sort of additional extra. You don't the the basic fellowship doesn't need. There's no qualification. There's no exams. There's very little checking. It's just we make it so good that you will participate. <laughs> awesome. Love it. <laughs> and at the beginning, Sarah and I used to get confused a lot about the different fellowships that were out there. So to clarify, this one is the NHS England one. Are there any other fellowships still available that GPs can join? So there's probably millions, but the one that um, people do confuse us with is the HEE Fellowship, a fantastic opportunity, but very different mm-hmm. than ours. So for the HEE Fellowship, that is, you know, how I said before, you as a fellow, you for the for our fellowship, you go and get your job, you sort it all out, and then you bolt ours on. The HE fellowship is very much linked with a particular job and with a particular, often clinical or educational experience. So, mm-hmm. for example, you might do two days in GP, you might do two days in sexual health, and those two organisations have already worked themselves out together and to put together this job offer. And with that, you get a fantastic opportunity of a, you know a decent study budget. And a, a day or a session or whatever to to do some study. It's a fantastic offer, but it's very different. I think, firstly, it's quite limited for our fellowship. If you meet the criteria, you will get on. There is money for everybody to come on if they want to come on to it. With yeah. that fellowship, there's a limited a, a number of them, so that's one for a start. And the other thing is, is once you you know, a lot of people you've done your you finished your CCT, you're not really at that place where you want to you need that study budget you want to go and do a diploma or something you might not want to do that like a lot of my friends that I spoke to they just wanted to get started and this is more like you can just come on get started and you just come to our slightly less formal activities over over the two years so they're both great and you can do both yeah at the same time we have some people doing both at the same time I think you'd have to show you have the capacity to do that. And I think it would be a bit difficult. It just, it would would look at each individual, but it is possible. Or you could do your um, HEE, which lasts for a year, and then join them to ours, which is what most people do who do both. Yeah, I mean, they both sound amazing. We did the HEE one and um, with medical education. And I can see how for different people and different what they want from it, it can... Yeah, it might be relevant in different times. So yeah, really good. Yeah. So how's it all going? Would you say? Say it's going good. We've got. Uh, we started off with about seven people, and we were sort of putting this program together. And I decided build it, and they will come. Which I thought was from Walt Disney, but I think it's from the Bible. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, it reminds me of like Field of Dreams or something. It was on, it yeah, it was also on Field of Dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my slogan. Uh, uh, we, we just got started and Rob, who is the, which I've not mentioned yet, but Rob is the excellent yeah. project manager. Shout um, out to Rob. <laughs> shout out to Rob, yeah. <laughs> so he's the excellent project manager uh, and Rob and I, with help from loads of other sort of areas, we, we put together this programme and it started to grow and we I think we've got about 170 fellows now and we've added what? <laughs> <laughs> and we've added to the program we've got feedback you know feedback this course isn't working or so for example a fellow approached us and said do we have a study budget to go on this course and I was like no we haven't but I looked at the course I thought it looks great let's put it on for the fellows um an impact and investment course and a des course that leads me on to the PCM work and the portfolio work that we we like the fellows to get involved with. Yeah, tell us more. <laughs> yeah. So 
So the pillars of the fellowship are um, the support and networking um, and the learning and development, which was support and networking we've covered. Learning and development is the masterclasses, the podcasts and things like that. Um, and then we have the PCN and the portfolio work. So part of the fellowship is to, the way I see this is to get out there, um, get out of the comfort of your little desk that you sat there, you don't see, get out there and just find out what's going on. Yeah. So use some of your fellowship time to approach the CD and say, can I come and shadow at a, a PCN meeting? And once you're in that, you see, as a newly qualified GP, I wouldn't have felt confident to say I want to come into these meetings, but you can use it as a foot in the door. So you say, oh, I need to do this for the fellowship. And then you come in and you listen and then you listen to a bit more and then you come on our um, DES course and then you know what they're talking about when they say DES and impact and investment. And then, you know, and it progresses to you doing a little project on the impact and investment fund or something like that, because that's another one of the things that we like the fellows to do, a small quality improvement project. And to that end, we have Robert Varnum doing a quality improvement teaching. And then the fellows can do a quality improvement project in anything they like. And it can be as big as small as they, as they like. But just to get, and you have to do, you basically have to do that for your appraisal anyway. So again, we just support you through that process. So with the, with the PCM work, we like you to do something portfolio work and when we started off, this is how it's changing. So we started off and we were like, right, you're going to go out into the PCN and you're going to like lead on something and then you're going to do a quality improvement project on it. And people, the feedback was, we can't, we're newly qualified GPs and, and it's difficult to, to get into the PCN sometimes. This, this was probably right at the start when we were kind of just coming out. We were in COVID and it was, it was a bit difficult. So I was like, right, okay, this this is going to be a nice part of your job. I'm not going to make it, it's not going to be really stressful. Let's just do baby steps sort of thing. So I've said, well, let's just get out there, get out into the PCN and do something and see if you can do a quality improvement project. If you can't, you can do it in the surgery. You know, you just take the stress away from it. And then when people start doing little things, it grows and they gain a bit of confidence and stuff like that. So and it started being very like, and it can't be clinical, it's got to be leadership or it's got to be this, but we are clinicians. So we've flexed it so you can do something clinical, but you can always see a sort of quality improvement or a leadership or a PCM bent yeah. to something. So an example of something, because I'm a fellow, I, I've done loads of little mini sort of quality improvement projects and things. And one thing I did was um, go and Go and I think you might have had her on your thing. I don't know. Um, go and shadow Dr. Marta. Um, she is a consultant gynecologist. Well, she was a she was a gynecologist and now she's yeah. a GP. Yeah, she's great. She's absolutely yeah. she's lovely. She's absolutely lovely. So uh, what I did was I went and shadowed her and I learned to fit pessaries. Um, and then I brought that back to my surgery and I fit the pessaries in the ladies in my surgery. Now. When I first started this, I would have like, and then you can set up a PCN clinic and you can, but baby steps, you know, I'm definitely taking pressure off the community gynecologist by doing those so she can use her time doing something better. And maybe eventually as my career grows, I'll be able to do something like that. But I just made it a bit more realistic and a bit more achievable and success breeds success, doesn't it? When you do something and it works, you can bring it and we're planting seeds for the rest of the career so it's just going out trying some little things you could do anything you wanted you could some people have done huge projects i think you've had somebody on here that did some weight management projects i think it's had... Bashini, but 
a working through a quality, Im- quality improvement project example. That was a great episode, actually, as well. Yeah. 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 We've had people setting up visiting services and things like that. So you can do big things or you can do little things, but just do something that lights your fire and gets you out of your comfort zone. So that's the portfolio work. So also we, so I said, we've got 170 odd fellows. We celebrated our second birthday. So we've done a whole cohort now. So it's a two year. So one of our fellows was quite tearful that they were leaving. We had a second birthday party. We had two second birthday parties, actually. We had one at a play centre because some of the feedback was the evening activities are difficult for people with kids. So we had a second birthday party. We hired out a play centre. Um, there was definitely some work going on there, but there was a, it was a chance for the, you know, the people with kids to do the networking as well. Yeah. Um, a little bit of work and loads of play and a bit of cake. And so that was our second birthday party. And then we had a grown-up event with um, the Art of Brilliance speaking in the evening. So, mm, yeah. Congratulations, yeah. Because that's the thing. Two years is such a great amount of time for people to build up really quite s- strong networking opportunities. Yeah. And, yeah, because like the PED course with HEE, the Professional Education Development course that I'm doing, that's one of the massive advantages is they put you in little groups and you get yeah. to chat. And, yeah, so it's it's just so good. Yeah, there was loads of little groups chatting at the, at the networking event and loads of groups of people in the same position, pe- parents, you know, it, it, it was great. It was really good. Um, and uh, we just wanted to check um, if there were still any other fellowships that were available for other members of the primary care team, or is this really only an offer for um, for GPs? No. Um, so Rob also manages the fellowship for nurses. So I don't want to say too much about it because I don't know the exact ins and outs, but I know there's a very similar offer out there for nurses who are either newly qualified nurses in primary care or I think new to primary care nurses. So it's definitely something to contact the training hub about the Greater Manchester Training Hub. It's great that if they can follow similar types of flex that um, you can develop something that really suits people. So, yeah. Um, So if people have made it this far in the episode, they'll probably be quite interested in finding out a bit more about how how you work out how to get on them or where to go from here. Um, If people are interested, where do they go? So um, there's an application form on the Greater Manchester Training Hub Fellowship website. It is not one of those application forms where you need to take a day off, you know, send it, send your husband to the park with the kids. And it's not that. Just just write a few lines, fill in your bits um, and, and send it in. Please don't um, get too stressed over it. As long as you meet the criteria and you put a decent sentence in there, you'll be fine. What about for people who aren't in Greater Manchester who might be interested in similar things likely? So there's fellowships all over England, as far as I'm aware, but they can all be different and they all offer different things. So that's really important. We've flexed the offer in some ways. Some people have done it in other ways. It, it can be very, very different. So you need to just check what's on offer in the different areas. That's a good point. I forgot it was coming from NHS England, so there might be things elsewhere. So yeah, good question. Yeah. Um, and are there any resources or anything that you want to highlight to listeners about um, the fellowships? So it's all on the website. So there's recorded webinars and application forms and presentations and things so and rob is great shout out again to robert at answering emails so you could uh, rob's emails in there somewhere and if you just drop us an email happy to have a chat with you about how it works happy to have a chat if you approach a practice and they're not sure about it happy to have a chat with them as well because 
if they are not keen, it's maybe because they don't understand what what they. It's very little effort for them, and they get a supported GP. So, and it's no cost. So, you know, we're happy to have a one-on-one chat with practice managers or GPs who are looking into joining. Yeah, that's great. I do remember that that was a bit daunting at the beginning trying to sort all of that out. Um, but you'll be slick at it now, having gone through 170 of them. So, no one need worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this has been a lovely talk. And um, what are the learning points you want to us to take away, Mary? The main points. So, I would say it is. A great opportunity um, for newly qualified, but I would say that, wouldn't I? <laughs> for, for newly qualified GPs, I have learned so much. It has opened loads of doors for me. And people, the feedback's great. People say exactly the same. There's very little to lose even a try. So it's win-win. Yeah. Yeah. Sign up. It's win-win. And when you, you know, your appraisal will write itself if you do this as well, which is a huge bonus. And you get, you know, you get talked through your, that was a great thing for me with my mentor and you get talked through your first appraisal, um, which was great. And now she's talking me through my, what my revalidation process will be. So and, jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am very jealous. Um, no, that's brilliant. Thank you so, so much, Mary. It's been absolutely amazing chatting to you. Brilliant. Bye-bye. Um, so it was so lovely to finally get Mary on the podcast to chat about these fellowships because um, she's so passionate about them and it's great to hear her speak about it. Um, what did you take away, Sarah? Yeah, it was wonderful. She is incredibly passionate and um, we've known Mary for a couple of years, actually, for when she was setting up herself and Rob. And I was just saying to Lisa um, before, it was, it's been brilliant to see how well they've shaped and adapted it to just suit the need so so now I'm just so jealous that I'm not on it <laughs> um, but yeah when I went to the networking event and they just showed you the program of different sort of master classes and opportunities and then all the different dates they're on over the time um so you could just work out what you're interested in and try and make it work for you so yeah there's clearly been a lot of effort that's gone into it to to support people and it's just yeah right time right place I think that it's come along and and really yeah. supported people through such a, a difficult time yeah exactly that peer support getting paid for a session a week to do that kind of have that peer support and get education and skill yourself up and get mentored yeah it's it's a no-brainer really isn't it Um, and there's not even that strict criteria to apply for it she said the funding's there for anyone really at the minute who wants to apply if they fit the criteria yeah I thought it would be kind of quite tight with who could do it and um yeah it's really lovely to hear that actually it's not and it's really flexible so yeah exactly and the fact that there's nothing mandatory and people can pick and choose what they want what they want to attend and all this stuff sounds fantastic I think I'd be wanting to try and attend everything anyway Um, absolutely but yeah just really fab um and it's lovely to be able to share the success of it really um yeah thank you so much for listening and we hope that it's inspired your passion or has, has made you interested or inspired some thoughts um any feedback or anything you want to get in touch with us about please do we've got all our contact details on the episode description and we'll leave a link to rob's email address i think as well that's it from us i think till next time on primary care knowledge based this podcast has been able to continue to date due to the support of gp excellence Wigan Borough CCG, Greater Manchester Training Hub and the GP Fellowship Programme, as well as Greater Manchester Health and Social Care Partnership. Just a friendly reminder that these podcasts are for healthcare professional education and shouldn't be used for medical advice by the general public. 
They were recorded in 2023. Guidelines can vary by location as well as over time, so always check for up-to-date local and national guidelines before making treatment decisions. The content is based on our interviewees' opinion and interpretation of current best practice. It's your responsibility to use your clinical judgment before applying or relying on information solely from this podcast.